Hey! <laughs> Welcome Tell back. Tell them what you said about this music. <laughs> what, what did I say? It's spiritual? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're now a Christian rock <laughs> podcast, actually. Like, this is spiritual. <laughs> oh, no. Whenever that plays, I'm like, this, it feels like. Oh, yes. That guides are like, let's laugh. Totally. Well, I. Yes. Mm hmm. Right before those. So on our little soundboard, there's like Mm -hmm. these little green buttons you can press and one claps. There's like cricket sounds. Every once in a while, we get the rock. (laughs) You guys just got the rock. Rocking for Jesus. (laughs) Rocking for Jesus. Dude, I had a moment there where I was like, Christian rock was on my car all the time and I liked it. Mm -hmm. It's actually really good. Every song sounds the same, but it was good. It's kind of like country in that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Where you're yes. like, I know I'm going to get a good story here and yes. it's going to make me feel just good in my heart. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. hundred percent. Were, were you ever into like a weird music phase that no one would expect from you or? In high school, it was kind of like emo. It was like uh-huh. um, Paramore. Yeah. I like Senses Fail. So, did you know Cartel? Did you listen yes, to Cartel? Yes, I've heard of Cartel. Yeah. Coheed and Cambria. That whole album, I feel like... It came on in a, I don't know where I was. I was in a store and it came on and I was like, that's why music is so powerful. Yes, it is. It brought back, like, I was like, I'm in the backseat of my boyfriend's car and we're crying and we're fighting. Yes, <laughs> as you do. And you always have like, it was like, oh, Dashboard Confessional. Oh, yeah. How much DC? I cried to Dashboard Confessional <laughs> should be illegal. Honestly, it was like when I wanted it. When I was like... <gasps> Dude, I can cry right now listening to it. It was so good. And then I had a pitchfork phase where I was hanging out with like these guys. It's it's an online publication. It's like Mm. a music review publication. And so I was like Animal Collective, MIA, like Death Cab for Cutie. Like that was when I, it was just like, I was really in the music scene of like what was cool. In In high school? Yeah. Wow. Smoking weed. I'm like, I'm listening to good music. <laughs> I'm picturing that scene from Clueless where you're like walking through the, like, kind of the, um, what do they call it? The, not the yard. You know, oh, yes, what I'm so the school. The, yeah. The school, like, walking yes. up to the school and you see all the different types yes. of clicks. And I just see you smoking a dude. Smoking a dude with the boys. <laughs> I was in the parking lot smoking a dude with the boys. One time we were like in my backyard on my patio smoking weed after school and listening to music. And they kept complaining how I kept getting peanut butter all over the the little weed thing we were smoking. But <laughs> we were sitting there. We were so, so high <laughs> on my patio. And all of a sudden we hear this noise and we're like, oh my God, someone's coming. We're so scared. We don't even know what to do. We're like, we can't go inside because we're scared to go inside. So we just were sitting there and this man like emerges from the bush from my backyard. <laughs> and we're like, oh my God. And he has this lawnmower thing, like a where the blow, he blows the, the leaves. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, comes up, he's like, hey, can I hit that? So we, we were smoking so much. It was like people could, our neighbors could smell it. And their lawn man came over and wanted to hit that. So we were smoking with like a lawn man for like 30 minutes. It was so fucking stupid. So so much like tension. He comes out with the blower. So and you're much. like, oh my God, he's we gonna kill us. We were literally so scared. We're like, we're gonna be arrested and we're gonna be in jail. We're arrested, we're in jail, this is it. Uh, holy shit. Meanwhile, I was, I remember, um, yeah, I think it was senior year and we went over to this girl's, this is going to be so annoying for everyone to hear. We went over to this girl's house and we were drinking like Smirnoff ices and like just, you As know, you do. Drumming Jolly Ranchers in them. Malt liquor. And I was so paranoid because my parents were so strict. 
And I was, I think I was like set to sleep over their house, which I didn't go on many sleepovers. How boring. And I remember like getting drunk off of like one Smirnoff ice and getting really paranoid. So like they they would want to like have the lights on and just like hang and like kind of party or whatever. Mean By the way, this is all girls. And um, I kept turning the lights off. I'm like, guys, we need to be like, we need to be quiet. We need to be in the dark. Like someone's going to call the cops on us. (laughs) So I kept turning off the lights. They're like, turn the fucking lights on. And I just kept turning them off or like dimming them. Like it was like a bad oh SNL God. sketch. I'm like, I'm so annoying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like the girl in the corner that's scared. <laughs> One time I was at a party and everyone was drinking and the cops came and I hid in the closet and the cops never found me. Ooh. Isn't that a good one? But that probably said you have like to not and, fear. I know. Me and like four people were in the closet and we were like... <laughs> you weren't breathing. <laughs> and we were not breathing and the cops didn't open the door and we were... Yeah. Wow. It's a good one. Wow, those cops were dumb. Dumbass cop. cops. There's a lot to do. There was a lot of kids at the party. They were like, this is enough for They're today. Like, 18 people sounds good. We'll yes. round those up. We'll go with this. Damn. I know. I know. So funny. Those were the days. And one of my guy friends tried to outrun the cops and like couldn't. He like was like one of those guys who thought he was like so cool and fast. It was like, I could outrun these guys and like didn't. It was so funny. <laughs> he like tripped on his baggy jeans. Yeah, honestly, his like jinkos. Yeah, it was like so funny. Oh, anyways, oh man, Lord have mercy. So we were looking at our um, last episode of the year. Yeah, and I was looking at my DMs and some of the Q and A I was doing, and um, there were some good questions that Lindsay and I wanted to talk about before we get into the female friendships episode, which just feels so important, mm. and I'm so excited about it. One of the questions was, "What have we learned in 2020?" Patience. <laughs> I, know, I was like, <laughs> as if I haven't been asked this 85 times in the last week. I'm like, Jesus you don't need to do a lot to get results. <laughs> <laughs> that we can be home and still succeed and thrive. <laughs> then I can trust myself. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Mine, well, yeah, mine's like, I didn't need to work out as much as I was. I, know. I was. That's, mine are like pretty simple. It's like, Dude. don't need to work out that much. Don't need to be doing that much to be yes. okay. I couldn't agree more. Say more about that. Like what specifically? So I was just working out like work so much at the at the gyms. At the gyms, you know, <laughs> you work out the gyms, the jimmies. And you just don't need, to, I didn't need to be working out that much to see basically the same results. Mm-hmm. It's so much less about what you work, how you work out and more so about what you eat. And then just don't, I mean, we were traveling so much. We were always on the go. Didn't need to be traveling as much to still really feel fulfilled and feel happy and feel creative. And um, I do feel like I'm excited for next year to feel super connected to the community, like in a deep, deep way. Again, I feel like it's been hard Mm -hmm. because we used to be on tour with everyone. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And just... I have solidified, I guess, as like a spiritual thing, my belief and sense of my purpose as like a leader and teacher, you Mm -hmm. know? And I feel like that has been really dropping into my consciousness over the year. And it's been what I've learned about myself, I think Mm -hmm. the most. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, to bear witness. And yeah, what if, just on that note of like doing less, I definitely, yeah, I, I echo the workout thing I was doing even like after Soul Cycle, mm-hmm. I was still doing a lot just to kind of like keep up with that feeling and that fear of like, is my body going to change if I don't work out too much? But I got to say, walking is amazing for the body. 
get in those steps in if you can. It's really, really good. And just like stretching mm-hmm. and just, I, I this is what I found is that when I worked out too much, you would think that you would become more embodied and more like in your body and actually kind of spirals you out of your body a little bit. Totally. <laughs> so I fa- I've found this like kind of happy medium, although I do miss being in person with people working out. I do like that. It motivates me, but I found a happy medium where I'm able to move, sweat a little bit, um, stretch, which feels really good and just still feel healthy. And mm-hmm. as you said, it's it's so much about the food and really like, it's about noticing my thoughts around my body, around food, around working out. Because yeah, if, if this year has taught me anything about that part of my life, it's like I've noticed a difference in my skin, in my digestion, in how I look because I'm just not as like critical all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because we're not out and about and on tour and in front of people all mm-hmm. the time. Traveling I'm, a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just different and I'm taking note of that. So you're prettier. You think you're prettier? Yeah, I, I think I'm <laughs> the biggest. The biggest change is the improvement in my looks. <laughs> so true. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I think you all have seen the change. <laughs> and it's all good. It's it's all good. Um, <laughs> I have room for improvement, but I'm feeling really this good. This pandemic has been a glow up for me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I totally feel that and I see yeah, that for sure. Yeah, it's just I think it's also just like, Being able to be home, and I do feel like we've gotten more rest in Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And the rest is so key. Yeah. The rest is just so key. I mean, there's just so many. I feel like there's like, you learn a new lesson every day if you really want to. Um, Another one of the questions was, do you feel like in 2020, you can speak your truth? And I said, no. No. (laughs) And I said, ha ha. (laughs) No. No, I don't. It's the social media, media environment that we're in, inevitably, because we're all on our phones all the time, on the computer, on, you know, watching TV, whatever. It's just hard. It's hard to feel like, because I'm seeing so many people canceled, taken down, this, people going against Mm -hmm. this and that, I'm like, ooh. And those people are just speaking what's true to them, no matter what, you know, no matter what they believe. It's just like, when people are speaking their own truth, they're getting ripped. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to the place where I'm unafraid of being ripped. And then I've also just contemplated like, is that the space for me where I want to speak my truth? Totally. I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on speaking my truth to like my freaking boyfriend or my parents or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, I really want to work there because I've had a love-hate relationship with social media, especially in the last year of just being like, I don't want to be on here and I don't want to say anything. And then I'll have days where I'm like, I want to diary my life and tell you everything Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it was like, I was laughing when I got that question because I was like, no, not at all. And it's, you know, there's also so much of what in my process of discernment, what is, what, where is it my place to say something about something? Where is it my ego that wants to say something about something? Where is it fear where is it fear mongering that wants to say something about something? Mm-hmm. And I've never wanted to be someone that's like telling anyone how to feel about anything. That's not my place, but it has been. So now I feel almost fine about how much I've shared, but I feel like 
there is opportunity for more. It's just such an interesting thing. You know, it's not like we've been, we haven't been censored at all, but it's like, I think about the way in which that social media censors things, you know, as like misinformation and, or like determines it as misinformation. And there definitely is a lot of misinformation that happens online. But my issue with that is like, what it's basically saying is that no one is smart enough to yes. discern on their own what is true and what's not. Yep. And I believe that like all of our audience, all of our community is smart enough to figure out what's true and what's not. It just leaves the opportunity for us to not trust our news sources, media sources, and not trust ourselves. And to just not get information that isn't filtered through big tech organizations or, you know, the higher ups that be. So the censorship thing is something that I really keep my eyes close to, to watch because I've always believed that no matter what you're saying, you should feel free to say and express it. And if we think about over time, like a lot of the things that we talk about here, if we were talking about before, years before would be ridiculous, ridiculed, like censored, whatever. And it's like when you are on a spiritual path or a path of exploration or a path of enlightenment, you most likely will be expressing or feeling or seeking information that could potentially be considered information that is to be censored. So it's like on mm -hmm. this path, I think we're all more so in it together than people think. Especially on social media where they have the little like, you know, fact checker. Yeah things or whatever, where it's like, visit this website to hear the facts or whatever visit it is. factcheck.org. And, and I love the factcheck.org because it's like, actually, this has been checked as not true. And it's like, okay. okay it's literally, literally like a chicken. They're like, okay. Yeah, they're like, sorry, not true. Okay. There's no <laughs> proof. There's nothing. There's nothing. Well, the, the whole thing is, if we're going to do that, every single yes, fucking 100%. post on Instagram should 100%. have that and say, hey, human being who's a sovereign being, you have your own brain and ability to do your own research mm -hmm. and discern whether this is truth for you or not. Mm -hmm. Hi, it could be a promotion post for skincare yes. or a mm -hmm. vaccine post. Like, mm -hmm. discern. Mm -hmm. But like, to pick and choose is very weird. Yes, very weird. Very weird. But, you know, you know, what are we gonna do? We're two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> two blonde girls living in Los Angeles. <laughs> What do we know? What do we know? So yeah, that's, and I mean, I'm sure, you know, it is interesting when I just shared, I just, you know, shared that I don't feel like I can. It's something that is extremely, very much bothered me in the past. And now I'm sort of settling into the knowance that the way that I will lead or awaken will be not so direct speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. But so many people were DMing me, like, I haven't felt like I could either, like, and I'm sure they think, this is the whole thing. It's like, who knows what they think? And that's the whole thing too, is like people have assumptions too, if you're not speaking your truth that you think a certain way. And that's exactly. not even true. Like people that even believe 90% of the mainstream media narrative might have 5% that they disagree with and feel like they can't speak their truth against that 5%, whatever it sure. is. So there's such a wide mm. range and spectrum of people's truths, whether it's on one side or the other. There's for, no neutrality yes, in there. And for people to feel like they just can't say what they want or they feel doesn't help anyone progress in any sense. Truly, it makes me sad. Mm -hmm. I know. That makes me really sad. Susie Petit said something. I wrote it down in our interview um, the other day, or it was last, last week's interview, but 
basically she told a story and like the point of the story was was that at the core of spirituality is understanding how you create every experience mm-hmm. that you experience. And I thought that was so true and profound. And just in this context, it's like, it's going back to that self-responsibility mm-hmm. and that discernment and that sovereignty and just being like in your everyday rather than the blame or like figuring out who you can go against. It's like, how did I create this experience that I'm experiencing right now in this moment? Usually it's like that feeling and you can mm-hmm. kind of pick it apart. But I thought that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's a good one. That's a good question. Yeah. Brave question. Brave question. We feel you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Peace and love. Peace and love. Today's episode. This has been a long time in the making. Long time. We had the first one. We recorded at January of last year. Yes. Or January of 2020. So the beginning of this year. Oh, yeah. In Deer Valley. Deer Valley. <laughs> I was like, whoever says it first wins. Yes, Deer Valley. Yeah. So we were in Deer Valley, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it was January of 2020. And um, it was Letitia, Milana, Lindsay, and myself. And we got to just experience this beautiful weekend. It was incredible. I had the best time. It was so fun. It was so fun. We were in this beautiful cabin at the base of a mountain. And we went skiing. We did snowshoeing. We did acro yoga. We had amazing meals. We went to the spa. Mm -hmm. It just was such a great weekend. And I couldn't recommend Deer Valley enough for a trip, for a bachelorette, for a romantic weekend. It was so cozy. And like everything was right there. You didn't really have to go very far so you couldn't be set up for skiing for the day or snowshoeing or what have you. And it was so fun. The snow was beautiful. Beautiful. Utah is so beautiful. I, I don't know if Utah slept on, but I think it, I've always thought it is like over Denver. I thought mm-hmm. love Denver, but yeah, I think Utah's got a little bit. More it's cool. It's Don't beautiful. Don't be mad at me, but it's beautiful and clean. The air is freaking crisp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just was everything in one place, and I we had the best time. Had the best time, but then the audio didn't work on then that. The interview. audio didn't work. Okay, okay, which well, was fine. We're still beginners. There. Yes, but as always, it always works out for the better, and I feel like this year was. Obviously, it's such a, a growth moment for mm-hmm. all of us, all four of us. So it was kind of cool to end the year and reflect with with our BFFs. Yeah. We were staying at um, Hotel Pasea mm-hmm. in um, Huntington Beach, which was really beautiful for this one. So these are like our friends that we just like to do everything with mm-hmm. as much as we can. And so whenever we can, we like to travel with these gals in Hotel Pasea for the weekend to record and just be together and be in community with women was like really beautiful. And I found like in this conversation, we go we go a lot of different places, but just generally speaking, there was just a lot of different like perspectives. It yes. wasn't all just like agreeing with each other. It was like, it was yes. cool. It was like a ping pong of like, mm-hmm. no, no, like I see this in you. Dude. <laughs> it was cool. I liked it. I loved it. I just always laugh because it's like, I feel like sometimes my experience is always the most extreme. Totally. Dude, like when we had that, the event or the group, the team thing, everyone was like, talk about your embarrassing moment. And everyone's like, oh my God, one time in high school, I tripped up the stairs. I was like, one time I got caught shoplifting and had to pick up trash on the side of the road for three months in like a jumpsuit with these like chill. It was like, mine are always just so- And there are crickets and we're like, Yeah, literally everyone on the team was like, what? And this was another one where I was like, I've been like, accosted by women. I've been like, I mean, the amount of attack that I've had on me because of women, 
or it's been brought into my experience has been insane. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know it was like not normal. Has that been? I mean, I've I've talked to you about it, but like just in terms of knowing that you started therapy, is that something that you are have talked up? about? God, I mean, we're just in therapy. It's just so much. I'm like, where I do know, I even dude. start? We've been working on the truth For thing, real. being in my truth. Um, the female friendships thing. I've done a lot of healing on that just in general in my conscious living by focusing yeah. on myself. Totally. And then my experiences with women are changing. That's and so, so that's, true. And you know, so that's really what I've focused on is just changing who I am. And then my relationships are really reflecting that. But I will do some sort of like healing around around females and just everything that, but I'm sure so many people have had, you know, interesting experiences. Yeah. Even in that, thinking about like healing that, I'm like, I don't know. There's this yes. like for me, cause I've had, I've had some experiences like in middle school, high school. And I, I'm just like, there's almost still that residue of like, just resent and like, okay, like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go there, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. And also I just have like beautiful friendships, mm-hmm. female friendships right now. And I feel so grateful. So it's almost like, I don't want to go there and then like fuck with what I've totally. got. Totally. But maybe it'll make it deeper. Who knows? Totally. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we think about, yeah, I just think about how important it has been to me and how, you know, special it feels now, like mm-hmm. at this period in my life. It's like, I was on with this healer yesterday, Manuela. She's been working with Danielle Page and I was like talking to her and I just had the realization of like the importance of the match for me with friends Mm -hmm. and how this year I feel super proud of who my friends are, super inspired by them. I feel like all of them are an up level to me, which is a good thing. You know, it's not like I feel less than, but it's like, I feel just proud of of the way that they show up, that they're in integrity, that they're doing their life's purpose for the most part. And that, you know, a lot of times they're just like change makers, which is Mm -hmm. like super inspiring to be around. Yeah. Just such a reflection of like what you've worked on within yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just like, as you, as we do that work, like everything starts to, because if I think about myself in like high school or even college, I'm like, then know myself, then really know my friends. (laughs) Wasn't really happy. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Really happy. Watched Housewives every night. <laughs> no it's shade true. in Housewives, but... It's true. Um, but this one's a really special one. Last episode of the year. I mean, we've done... How many episodes this year? About 100, mm-hmm. say? Just about two every week? Yeah. For about 50 weeks. So, you know, it's always truly an honor yeah, to like create it is. this for you guys and just to feel like... It, it touches you in whatever mm-hmm. way that it touches you or makes you laugh. And yeah, we feel really, really lucky and are excited as ever to just continue serving you guys in new ways, exciting ways in the new year. We've been working really hard to create a space that is unique and supportive and safe and a place where you can just be you mm-hmm. and, and speak learn. your truth. Yeah, speak your truth and just learn and grow and support one another. It's gonna be Amazing. So that'll be coming uh, later in January. You'll mm-hmm. hear about it. Yeah. Just thank you guys so much for being with us this year, for, you know, growing with us, for seeing us through, you know, just some really hard times. Yeah. You know, this year. And we really appreciate just who you guys are and how you show up. And I've seen even our growth reflected in our community. Mm-hmm. Like the people that interact with and listen are just so cool and like 
I feel like I'm messaging with friends when I'm talking to you guys every single day. So excited. And um, this episode is with Milana Snow and Letitia Roll. So they're two of our dearest friends. You guys know Milana Snow if you are an Almost 30 OG. Milana has been on tour with us. She's been to London with us. She's been to New York, all over the world for um, some healing sessions that we did live when we were on tour. And we've had episodes with Milana as well. So you can listen to another episode with Milana and both Letitia. Yeah. Um, if you're interested to hear more. And Letitia has been our friend for like two years now, mm-hmm. maybe a little over. And she's someone who we met and immediately fell in love with and just feel so deeply connected to her and have seen her completely just transform her life in the past year. So both of these women are women that we truly look up to, are the real deal, are super heart-centered, are as deep and interesting as they are beautiful and are just really people that we're excited to bring in community with you guys. Yeah. Um, and just an aside, Milana is the founder of Wellness Official and Letitia podcast herself. It's called Girl, We, we Got This. It's an incredible show. And she also founded Tress, which is um, a hat brand and now scrunchies for yeah. uh, textured hair. So just badass is whatever. Yeah, just beautiful the badass is whatever. But this is such a fun one. Please share with your girlfriends, pass it along, and uh, we can't wait to connect with you more. So enjoy this episode. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We love you. We love you. And we'll see you on the other side. We'll see you soon. Ladies, if you're a man, we're the friends. <laughs> and have a G. Yeah. Oh my what God. Was, that, was that the song that you were pumping when you would go out with your girlfriends or what were you pumping? Destiny's Child. Dude, I used to pump like Ace Hood, Bugatti. <laughs> you would. Dude, band, bands and make her dance. Word. <laughs> I was like, whatever was hard. Or like Nicki yeah. Minaj was a good thing. Nicki's too. a good Ooh, one. Wow. T.I. was like actually really album. cool too then. I, I used to really that was like, like in high school though. Yeah. Though. Expeditiously. I was yeah. I like T.I. Who were you going anymore. to the club? Ja Rule? I was going to the club club. No, that was yeah. just me. Oh, that I was just ja me in Bucks County. <laughs> I think Ja Rule was the best. Uh-uh. It's actually, it's really good lip syncing for Ja, ja Rule. Yeah. Yeah, I know what, every like word what? to every rap song. Like what? What, so- what song? I can't even Oh yeah, that's Baby a good girl, one. put it on. Where would I be without Mom, you? Where would I be without you? I think about you. I know you're tired of being lonely. What rap? What song? Like who? What rapper do you know every song to? Like every lyric? A lot. I mean, no. I had young parents, so like all they had was that in the in in the car. Really? That's fun. I know every word to every song. Jeezy. I had a young Jeezy face. Oh my god! I forgot about Young Jeezy. Motivation one hundred and one. Oh, actually, when I first moved to New York, it was uh, Fifty Cent. Yes, like two thousand seven. Yeah, I never liked Fifty. Everyone did. I never did. I don't like him actually. I I loved him when he first came out. Yeah, I was also like eighteen. While y'all were doing that, I was memorizing Shania Twain's (gasps) album. Oh, I love Shania. Country girl. I do love Shania. Shania. What's her number one song? Man, if he is like a woman. (laughs) But I was, because I was the oldest, I couldn't have like fucking dirty music in the car. Really? Do you know what I mean? Like, you 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 weren't like. I didn't have like older siblings to be like, this is what we listen to. Yeah. I was but like, you're the older sibling. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're I couldn't the one have like the bad example. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Shania it is. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah. I am getting older. The curse words make me cringe a little now. It's mm. so weird. Oh my yeah. God. Like when I'm in like where I go to this, when I go to a workout class and they're like saying bad words, Same. I'm like, 
Oh my mm. god! Yeah. Same, especially if it's about women. Yeah. Oh, in my gym, I'm literally like, turn this off. Same. It's horrible. <laughs> totally. It's so weird. And we used to remember in like eighth grade, those like songs that would be out, you would like sing it. Yeah. Totally. Like, what kind of songs? You know. Also, too, I was thinking about more lately is how. Who was I talking to? I was talking to someone about something. But a lot of times when you're going through like past lives or you're going through like programming, like deprogramming yourself so you can like reprogram your subconscious for abundance or whatever. A lot of times that when they go that deep, they find songs deep into your subconscious. Mm. And what was the one song the healer said that they found? They said that they found more money, more problems deep in their subconscious. So they didn't have a good relationship with money. It wasn't that specific, complete tie. But when we think about the programming of songs like that, like think about you saying more money, more problems forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. That'd make you not want to make money or it'd make you feel like you need to protect and hoard it. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that weird how I just, all of those songs were so, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, what was like Back Britney that Spears and like, and Christina Aguilera <laughs> yeah. singing about that like would be a programming. Hit, Hit me, me baby, baby one more time. time. Yes. Yeah. Jesus or, I'm Christ. a slave. For yes, you. I'm a slave oh for you. God. I'm a slave I for the record industry. Yeah. yeah. God, that's disrespectful. I'm not yeah. trying, or dirty. What was Christina Aguilera's? Yeah. Gonna get naughty. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Lowers. Um, well, I'm so glad to be with you guys. We love being here. We love being <laughs> we with you. We love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, it's so crazy because I remember the what other one we recorded last year, January. Or was it this, this year? year? This year. Whoa. <laughs> we recorded this that year was. in 2020 yeah, in January almost before a year ago. everything happened. We were in uh, Park City, yeah. yep. Utah. And we recorded a full episode and it didn't save. And it was crazy because I was like crying. You cried about that? Yeah. No, no I didn't no, no. cry about the sound. I was crying in the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was deep. That, yeah, was, that was a deep. really deep share. That was so yeah. deep. But you so shared a lot again. of that by now, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've shared a lot. Yeah. I shared about it. It was about body stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just feeling yeah. uncomfortable. Mm. Um, because I will say that is hard being friend. I, all my friends are always so gorgeous. We're not talking about this in the episode, but it is like being friends with models isn't always like, the best. <laughs> it's the best, but also it's like you're with people that are so beautiful all the time. You're like, what? Like, what am I? I don't know. It is kind of a mind fuck sometimes. Yeah, but you're so beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so interesting to hear you say that. Because yeah. you have the most beautiful face and beautiful skin I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. And hair and boobs. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, just it's saying. True. But I also think like, <laughs> you know, whether it's, whether it's having beautiful friends or even just like really talented, successful yes. people around you all the time while it's like, the most inspiring for me, it is a practice mm-hmm. to be like, I am also mm-hmm. really yeah. talented. And you know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah. Like, Cause you can kind of get caught up in, in the comparison of I'm not as blank as yeah. she yeah. is or whatever. But what's cool about, especially our relationships, it's like always the pump up, always the, the always support. the pump up, the 100%. And so I can't be caught in that loop for too long. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, there's oh, nothing oh, right. but yeah. love here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The best. It is cool. Yeah, I always yeah. feel like I can't believe I'm at a point where I'm friends with people I'm like genuinely proud of. Yeah. Like I've always been proud of my friends, but not like proud in the way that I am now. And I never knew when we're together and we're talking about things, it's so clear. Like I feel so clear. There's never judgment. There's never 
anything but love. Like mm-hmm. it's all love, you know, especially when we're talking about business or money or anything. We just say everything so openly. And I just remember growing up, it was always like, there's always like something in the background it felt mm-hmm. like, whether it was like insecurity, jealousy, or between, you know, anyone in the group. It, totally. Or you'd leave the room and people would talk bad about you or something like that. And I never thought it would be possible to like be in a friendship situation with people that just were genuinely supportive and loving all the time. Totally. Yeah. Which is powerful. Yeah. So no. powerful. It, you know, when we had my birthday a couple of weeks ago, months ago, it was two months ago now, that night was just so cool to look around and see like, wow, everybody's like so beautiful. Yes. And so sweet mm-hmm. and thoughtful and mm-hmm. incredible. So yeah, I think, and especially just having this uh, this girls weekend, it's like a really great reminder of like, wow, this is where I am in my life that I get to even do things like this, that people that I genuinely click with are these people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you always, what was like your growing up like relationship, especially with women? Oh, it just went right there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I moved a lot as a kid, so I didn't get to really have friends longer than like a couple of years, which was very painful. And um, I'm a very social person, so mm-hmm. I desperately wanted friend, girlfriend connection and I always got it, but I had the consistent experience of that ending abruptly without me being able to do anything about it. So ironically, I think when I got older, I attracted a lot of relationships that mirrored that where I'd have really, really tight bonds and then something abrupt and in my mind unjust would happen. And that would kind of create that same pattern. So yeah. What about you guys? What about you T? I mean, I think what we're talking about right now, it's really all about Mm -hmm. us ourselves, right? Because it wasn't until I started vibrating at a higher level at this level where I'm at now in my life was when I got to really experience true friendship and solid friendship and empowering friendship and women that really support me and truly love me. It all started with me because I think about it when I was younger. I mean, I loved girls because I was an athlete. I played basketball. I played soccer. I was a pitcher. Like girls were my thing. Like I loved women. They were on my team. I know how to lose with women. I used to cry on the mound. I used to like win championships with women. So like, I loved women growing up. But I mean, I also dealt with a lot of enviousness, like envy and like jealousy because I was always pretty, right? So like, they're like, oh, you can't play sports. And like, it was always drama, but it was never with my team. It was Mm. always like on the outside. So it never really affected me with the women that I was with. So growing up, like as a, in my youth, I loved girls. Can I just say, like, did you guys just notice how smoothly and easily she acknowledged her beauty? Yes, and I love that's it. something Dude, that she iconic. does. I know it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because I have a really hard time doing that. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's something that you have to learn over time because being so beautiful intimidates so many people. So we make ourselves small, and we make ourselves small, and we cower. And I think a lot of females do that too. And I think it's about oppression too, like how they oppress women. Because mm-hmm. if we really step into all of what we truly the fuck are, yeah. we would fucking run the world, mm-hmm. right? Really? I feel like it's gotten me in more trouble by not acknowledging it yeah. and yeah. by trying to pretend that I don't even recognize it about myself. Mm. Like what's an example? I literally don't 
know when people are jealous of me. I cannot see that. Mm. I, I literally can't see that mm. because I don't imagine that people would be, I don't understand, even though I obviously have experienced the feeling of jealousy. I can't right. see that someone would be jealous because I don't see myself in that way. So it's really, and it's, it's really put me in some bad positions. That's intriguing to me, Millie. Yeah. Because I've dealt with that all my life. I mean, I had girls that were friends with me just because I was pretty. Mm-hmm. Because the guys I would attract or like, like things right I was now. able to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally why we're all here. Yeah, actually, actually. <laughs> this is actually a photo shoot <laughs> for our new friend. Oh my <laughs> but there's truly nothing better than like, because I think what we feel about ourselves, like our friends, like almost hope that we own that and illuminate that, yes. or the yeah. people that we love that love us the most, our yes. partners, our friends, like yeah. almost just like. A hope. Yes. At least that's who I'm surrounding myself with now mm-hmm. that we just really own that. So you just, for you to say that, I yeah. felt what you just it's felt. Like, wow. It was like, yeah. yes. You have <laughs> to honor yourself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And was, like acknowledge what's real. Yeah. Right? yeah. I was thinking about just, I've been thinking about the energetics of like Kim Kardashian's beauty a lot lately mm-hmm. and how she has this like, there's just like a powerful energetics of the Kardashians that I think it's otherworldly. But also with Kim Kardashian's beauty, it's like people, so many people think she's beautiful and she thinks she's beautiful. So every time you're watching her, you think she's beautiful. And it's just this like energetics of believing and seeing this beauty that is just so crazy. But with jealousy. Yeah. So with jealousy, it's been, so it's been interesting because I'm like, what if I tried that on? So I've been trying that energy on of being like, I'm beautiful, like kind of being in that. And I was kind of doing that the other day and I felt someone seeing that I was beautiful Mm. and it almost made me feel bad. I was Mm. like, I noticed how it made me feel bad. I was like, oh, it made me sad because I wonder if they're worried that they're not beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I like caught myself thinking that. And I know Mm. I've done that. I did that when I was like younger because I always felt like my mom would always watch me and look at me and be not jealous of me, but kind of envious of me at times. And I always remember being like, oh my God, this is bad. Like they're feeling bad because they don't look like me. Mm. And it was so weird. I was like just catching that for the first time in my whole life. I was like, whoa, Mm. like I definitely don't want people to feel bad because I'm beautiful and I'm sort of trying to not be beautiful because sometimes it makes people feel bad. Isn't that weird? Mm. Yeah, but you can't do that, Chris. You I know. You can't live your life worrying about other people's feelings. That They're not your responsibility. I know. Their feelings are their responsibility. I think this does come down to something much deeper. Mm-hmm. Our, our moms. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to speak to your mom, but I know... In my household, I was literally told not to wear sparkles, not to wear heels, not to be prettier than my friends because it was not fair to them. Wow. Like, you know, that was just, yeah, that was the kind of stuff that I was told. Like, you're you're too tall Mm. and your hair's too big. So like, pull your hair back and take those heels off because you're going to make people feel bad. Mm. But I don't think that, I actually would have thought those things had I not been told that that was what reality is. So I wonder if those ideas come from what we were programmed to believe about ourselves and where we fit in the fabric of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, By like patriarchy yeah. type vibe, or just you know, in my case, like it wasn't just the patriarchy. Maybe it was my my mom who ingested the yes. patriarchy. But like, you know, 
I think in a lot of ways they were afraid of their bigness, my parents. Mm. And so like the yeah. idea of me, like you were saying about your mom, it's like the idea of me wearing, spar- like I will never forget this. I had the sparkly belt that my dad, my stepdad told me, take that off because you're going to make people feel embarrassed walking around with you. And I was like, a sparkly belt? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 14. Like, yeah. this is cool, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I think it's that kind of, like, fear of being seen by the people who raise us. And I'm curious, yeah. Letitia, maybe you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, if people in your family programmed you to see how beautiful you were and no. enjoy it. No. No. So how did you get to that? My dad didn't let us wear nail polish. We couldn't. We couldn't shave. We couldn't wear nail polish. We couldn't wear makeup. I didn't even know how to put on makeup when I got to college because my dad didn't allow us. And all my father did was actually describe me being beautiful as inside. So he taught us growing up, beauty only comes from the inside. And if we did anything that was inappropriate, he would call us ugly. So I actually never acknowledged my outer beauty until later on in life. Mm. But there had to come to a point where I had to deprogram what I was taught and raised because I remember everybody was, oh, your eyes, oh, you should model. And then I started modeling. Then I started working. And then I was like, I do have a beautiful inside. I know I'm a really good person because that's how I was raised by my father. And mm-hmm. I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And me and my dad actually had this talk and he apologized. And I said, you know, dad, he has two new daughters now that are babies. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think it's so cool that you raised me to be a beautiful person on the inside, but please tell your daughters how beautiful they are on the outside. Mm. So they mm. know, mm. they know. And stepping into my beauty was the most powerful fucking thing I did. Wow. And I'll never, ever apologize for my beauty ever again for the rest of my life. This is a gift. Mm-hmm. There's, right, true, there's actually really something that just made me think like there is something powerful to having the father figure in your life recognize that beauty in a way that is like just honoring it. Yeah. And I think it definitely has an effect on how you perceive how maybe men see you later in life. Like my dad never talked about like our our looks, but I think he was doing that out of respect. Mm. Like I'm not going to comment on your looks. And I'm sure your mm. dad had that same feeling of like inner beauty. Yeah. But it's really interesting to think about you know, if I'm thinking about like, if my dad said to me, you're just so beautiful, like how that would feel yeah, for sure. You know, it's like a different, yeah. well, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, like uh, unimaginable. Dad, I love you. I'll talk to you later. I love you so much. All right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Same. I mean, same. Like, um, like they love us so much. Yes. And like the, the way they express it is really, it's just so interesting. Yeah. But I, you know what I think? Huh. I think why well, no? Because I talked to my dad about this. Fathers fear what other men mm. feel about their daughters. Mm-hmm. Fathers are men. Take mm-hmm. the dad out of it. They're a man. Mm-hmm. They know what other men feel. They know what other men are doing. They know what other men are seeing when they see their beautiful daughters. So my father was in fear of what other men, like he wouldn't even allow me to have boys call the house. He was so worried about my beauty. Cause he said, Letitia, I'd go to a mall and heads would turn with you and your sisters. Like people would stare at you all the time. Like I saw how much attention you would get. And that scared me as your father, as a man, my job is to protect you. And yeah. your beauty was so powerful. And I saw it as a young, and my dad's young, he was a young father. And I saw mm-hmm. it and I had to protect you. And that's how he protected me. Wow. You know, 
And I think by having a dialogue like this with your father will really help you. I mean, if you're able to, I was, I'm grateful that my dad was open to have this conversation because yeah. it expanded my mind. See, I did not understand have any of those. Like, Mm-mm. yeah, mm. I do not have a, a good relationship with my stepdad mm. at all. And I barely know my biological dad. And yeah. so when I, when I stopped playing basketball, which I pretty much stopped because I needed to go make money so I could pay for my own things at 16. And I remember I was working at a clothing store at the mall. And for the first time in my life, people would literally stop me multiple times a job day saying, oh my God, you're beautiful. You should model. You should model over and over and over. And it was shocking. I was 16 and I'd be like, what? (laughs) And so then when I finally had money, I'd start buying clothes and start getting my hair done. And within literally six months, I was like, oh, this is how I'm going to get out. This is how I'm going to get out of my Mm. parents' house because I had a very abusive home. And literally I was like, if this is, if people keep saying this to me, then this is my way out of here. Mm -hmm. And that's legit. One of the reasons why I started modeling. Wow. But that was the only, I literally remember being at the mall at 16 and being confused because nobody had ever said that to me. And then as I like would do more to my clothes, more to my hair, I'd be like, oh, this is doing something and I'm going to use this. Mm. And I think in some ways there's like a reluctance about that for me now, because like for me, that was a survival tactic. And that was a very, very tough time for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of courage. I mean, that is to be in survival mode at that age is, yeah. is really a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. A lot. And it's, and it's kind of like a gift that these people saw this beauty in you because they allowed mm. you to find your escape, right? Like how, like what a gift that is for people. And I think that's so powerful. Like even like with our friends, like with us, Cause like when I doubt, when like when we doubt each other or like when you, we don't know how beautiful we are, there are people that see what you mm. don't see in yourself and then you become this, what you became. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. It is crazy to think about like the evolution of female friendships too and how when you're younger and then in eighth grade and like high school and college, mm-hmm. how it's just, I remember it being so like enmeshed. Like it was like we were together spending the night all the time, like together 24-7. And I remember my first like trauma of female friends is so silly, but it was like, I was going to nature camp with Lindsay and Allie, these two girls. And I get in the car and it's like our first day of nature camp. Allie was like my best friend for a long time. What You know, I was like so young. And Allie and Lindsay had hung out more over that summer and they became best friends. Oh. So I got in the car and I was like completely on the outs. Aww. I was like like talking. I remember trying to talk to them and they were like, you know, like yeah. over it. And I literally was like, what did I do? Oh, and it was that feeling of like rejection and trauma. And like, I've always had the feeling with like with women where it was like, I never knew when they were going to turn. Mm. And I always got that too with like my mom who's like, I never knew when she was going to turn. And so a lot of that carried through, I'm sure for you guys too, like in eighth grade and high school, it was like women were awesome and I loved them, but it was never, it never felt like easy or totally comfortable. And then being older, it's been like, 
it's just gotten better and better, but mm-hmm. it's gotten better and better as I've loved myself more, as I've been more of myself, as you raise your standards, as you raise like your vibration and really figure out what sort of friend you're even looking for mm-hmm. and like what you deserve. 100%. I just, I have a friend who I went to high school with who actually lives in Laguna. And in the past couple of years, she's helped me see my high school years differently because she would say to me, yeah, when all those girls would bully you. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And then the past like two years, I've really had long, deep talks with her. And it really made me realize that I was bullied my entire high school. Same. Wow. You too? Yeah. I remember when I was going into ninth grade, I was at this thing and they poured like dip spit all over (gasps) my hair. It was like a bucket of like dip spit. It was like so intense. Mm. And then it was all freshman year. It was like yelling in the hallways, like anywhere I went. Like, I think I almost got in a fight with someone my freshman year. Same. Yeah. Were you new? No, I was just, I wasn't a slut, but I was dating like a lot of older guys. I had tons of attention from older guys from when I was in eighth grade. Like even like all the seniors when I was in eighth grade would come over to my house and like hang out with my sister and then hang out with me. And then freshman year, I was- I just would date and kind of hang out with the wrong type of popular guys being so young and just everyone hated me for it, but mm. kind of deserved it in a way. Cause I was like a little bit. Wow. You definitely did no, not deserve, deserve to be bullied. Yeah. You mean everybody was jealous because they weren't hanging out with the older kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Totally. Yeah. But it was just pretty That's much so that. Mean. Yeah. It was crazy. I remember one time I was like, yeah, they, it was just everywhere. And then people, one time we had in our car, someone drove a car all the way across our lawn and left like tire tracks on our mm. lawn. We mm. had our car, our house was like teepeed. Jeez. Yeah, it was crazy. They would leave like voicemails. Yeah, it's been bad. It's been bad, mm. but- Who yeah, are these so it's, kids' parents? I know, it's Ohio. Totally. It's Ohio. I mean, it happened in Houston, Texas yeah. too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I like it's just yours? the American experience Did, for so a lot said, of young girls. You honestly. said you didn't realize or you did realize, but- Well, it, I was always a new person everywhere I went. Yeah. I got it. All the time. Mm. So I was used to being treated like that. Got mm. it. Wow. And looking back, I realized that all throughout middle school, I was bullied. Then high school, I was bullied. But I just thought that that was like kind of how it went until I realized recently that not everybody else was treated that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like like you, I remember when my hair would be straight, girls would try to pour water on my hair or girls would corner me in the hallways and like try to, you know, beat me up or say they're, they're waiting for me. And then like they would never show up. I mean, just all kinds of things. Yeah, I definitely had a lot, a lot of really tough mm-hmm. times. But I also, in middle school, my, I went to two middle schools. I had my second middle school, I had a really close best friend. And then when I went to high school, I had a close best friend. And those two relationships really like held me over. Mm-hmm. But um, I was very used to being alone, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. I loved girls. I mm-hmm. loved girls. It was just that it wasn't always returned. Yeah. And when you're in that like survival mode, it's just, you just do anything you can to mm-hmm. like go from one day to the to yeah. the next, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not like- there I had bigger an, problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. I had to yeah. go home. That was yeah. way worse yeah. than anything that would happen at school. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was just wow. like, 
like, okay, you guys are writing Milana's ugly on the chalkboard. Like, okay, mm-hmm. that's not that bad. God, I just, I know that it's kind of, I know we normalize it, but thinking about raising a kid that would do that is like, what? Yeah. You know, like what's the psychology of that type of cruelness? Because I've, I mean, I'm not perfect at all, but I've never done, like I would never do and, that. And how do you, how do we like, intervene in schools yeah. how does this truly go on yeah. like it does you know it, it feels like oh is it just so out of control that the teachers could never is there something we could teach in school or facilitate in school so that people see each other as like other human beings who are going through things who have you mm-hmm. know what I mean like yeah how do we change that because it just feels I feel like it's maybe worse with social media. It's probably moved. Oh, I can't even from imagine. Like ours, yeah. we were like almost on AOL. Dude. So it was like yeah. AOL stuff was yeah. sort of happening, that yeah. kind of like whatever. Yeah. And now it's probably just like Ten in DMs, worse. fake accounts, like oh my gosh. So like TikTok, TikTok stuff. Oh my like, God, dude. I mean, that's probably where it's where it's focused because I feel like when you're that young, it's like all about coolness and looks for some reason. Totally. Like it wasn't about like it just wasn't always about the right things. It wasn't about someone if they're being themselves or, you know, the way that people judged people that were different. It's just, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I wish that someone would have told me how hard seventh and eighth grade was. I don't know if that was was my hardest years. The hardest years. Was yours hard too? I don't even remember seventh and eighth grade, to be honest. I just remember I was in love with this kid named Kevin Flanagan. <laughs> I don't else. It sounds like a real Boston name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Where is he today? Are you Facebook friends with him? No, bro, but I found out he's in Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, he's in up. Vegas. No, I got a man. <laughs> I got a man. Did you guys have any like really hard breakups with friends? Like where you were like really close with a friend mm-hmm. and you guys had to split? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I had a hard breakup, mm-hmm. but then we came back together. Oh, you did? Yeah. Camille, she's my best friend. She lives in Atlanta. We had a breakup, but it was it was in my adult life. This was probably like six years ago where I was in a really toxic space. I was in a toxic relationship, living a different life. I was not the Letitia that I am today. I wasn't the Letitia that she met. I don't even know who that girl was now looking back at her, but I was not healthy. And she had got married. And and in my head, I was like, why is she getting married? But I would never question somebody's marriage, right? So she gets married, they end up getting divorced and I wasn't there for her because my parents were getting, going through a divorce. So I was going through it and I wasn't there for her and she wasn't there for me. Long story short, we didn't talk for like months and that was like my ride or die. That was like my dog, like my right hand. And like, I was like missing her and I was like, what happened? But I couldn't hold space for her. Yeah, I couldn't and she couldn't hold space for me and we just lost connection. And then I'll never forget, she hit me up and she was like, do you want to grab lunch? And I was like, yeah, we went to Shake Shack and Buckhead and we talked and it was so weird, but so refreshing to feel her again, to see her again and to feel her pain and me not being there for her. I felt like shit. Like I cried and I was like, damn. But then I had to understand like I wasn't in a space to hold it. I was going through my own shit too. I mean, long story short, that I think breaking up with a friend is worse than breaking up with a dude because that shit hurt bad. But She's back in my life and it's the best ever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But heartbreak friendships are hard. Mm-hmm. 
What about you, team? Latish. Millie. <laughs> I was like, uh, try again. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys, I've had a lot. Mm. I've had a lot. Yeah. I was just thinking as, as you were asking, I'm like, wow, I've had so many. And it's really interesting. I actually, Crystal and Jasmine and I have talked about this and I haven't really ever worked with any, like, I've never talked through this out loud until them a couple weeks ago. I, I had a, a reoccurring like pattern of wondering what did I do and how did I deserve to be treated that way? Like a very victim mm. mentality of like literally being like, wait, why did you steal from me? I don't, I mean, sometimes it would actually be like really messed up stuff, <laughs> but like, but it was like reoccurring, like, whoa, okay, this doesn't make sense. I've literally, I've had like three or f- I've had four adult relationships where I literally either had to walk away because something so bad it happened or it was just like a situation where I was like, this is so toxic that like we can't do this anymore and we would peacefully break it off. But yeah, I've had a lot actually. It's really, really weird. One of them that came to mind when you were talking, Letitia, is that a couple of years ago in New York, I was really good friends with a woman who started a, a a natural curly YouTube channel when YouTube like just started to mm-hmm. pop off and I was modeling and I had just gotten on project runway and my project runway stuff was really taking off and her stuff on YouTube was really taking off. And we decided to do a channel together and everything was like super great. And I was making a lot of money and she was like doing pretty good and starting to make money. And I remember I wanted to um, help her with her, um, autistic son. And so I said, let's start a foundation to like raise money for you to help, you know, raise him and all that stuff. And, um, our channel was doing really well. And then I just remember one day she was like, Hey, we're going to have a conversation with my new manager. And I was like, okay, cool. And her new manager was like, Hey, so that foundation that you guys started, like, you're not going to be a part of it anymore. And like, also Mm -hmm. she's not going to be doing this channel that you guys have, which was doing really well. We had like 25,000 subscribers in like three months and um Mm. literally was like yeah so like all of that stuff like she's not doing that with you anymore and it was basically that whole thing of me talking to her manager was that she could break off all the business and take it for herself and I remember being just absolutely completely gutted wow and in the years that followed, she's actually a really big YouTuber Instagram. I've never even told you guys this really? before. Mm. And people who know who watch that channel, they know know who I'm talking about. But yeah. other people now, I, it's been so long, they don't know who I'm talking about. But it was really, really crazy because I I never could really say anything because wow. I we didn't have Instagram. I wasn't really on YouTube except for with her. And it was just a really heartbreaking experience. And then I would see her completely blow up after that. And like, it just, yeah, that was, that was like one of those adult relationships where I literally was like, what did I do to deserve that? Yes. And I honestly, I have to say after talking to Crystal and Jasmine really deeply about this and like crying about it, it has, it's directly related to my relationship with my mom. Mm. And that question of how did I deserve this is literally the thing that I would say all the time as a kid. Mm. And then I would create relationships like that with women as I became an adult. Mm. Mm. And what were, when you said something about like toxic friendships that, and I want to ask Lindsay too, but I, and then I want to explain mine, but I also want to just highlight 
Like, what are signs that you know a friendship is getting toxic? Like for you guys, like if you, when you guys are, if you were to, you know, move on from a friend, what would be a sign that you think it's time? I mean, now I'm very easy. <laughs> like <laughs> if you're doing shit that doesn't make me feel good, I'm not fucking with you anymore. It's that simple for me. Totally. Like if I know who I am now and it's not until you know yourself, which takes a long time and a lot of work. Until you get to that point and you allow people to treat you certain ways, you allow yourself to deal with people because of you feel bad or you're worried about their feelings or, no. If uh, somebody's doing something that doesn't flow with me, that doesn't agree with my morals and my values, that's not my person. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to align with anything that doesn't align with me. So I'm really easy nowadays. Mm-hmm. Back then though, it wasn't, it was hard. I had a tendency to overgive. Mm. To like, uh, as a healer, I have always really had to be mindful of how I want to heal Mm. and help everyone Mm -hmm. because I can see things. And I would say in the past two years, I've really had to take that back in and really recognize that that is destructive and and self-harming. And it actually, it's a crutch for people. Mm. And so for me, it's like when I notice that I'm constantly giving and pouring in, then something is off. If it's like, at least for me, I know that's a pattern for me. I will give, 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 pour out, pour out, pour out. And if I'm doing that, then something is off. And so I think at least for me, that's one of the main signs. Can I give you a hint to help you with that? Please. So with my therapist, I worked on that because I give all the time Mm -hmm. freely. So- giving and receiving. So you have your week, right? And the people in your life. And after your week is done or day to day, you put G when you give and R when you receive to the people and who you're giving to, who you're receiving from, what you're doing day to day, what you're giving, what you're receiving from. So at the end of the week, you can see how much you're giving and how much you're receiving and from who. And then it's up to you to balance that. And it's up to you to say, oh, I'm giving way too much this week. Like I have to actually give back to self yeah. or I'm receiving finally. You know, I think learning how to receive too is actually a practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the, the judgment piece too, like I feel, and maybe it is like just this thought of, I would never do that, say that, feel that, whatever. <laughs> so it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. But if, if in a friendship there's a judgment without love Mm -hmm. or it's judgment from a place of Mm -hmm. um, insecurity or lack or yeah, just like it doesn't feel good. Yeah, I definitely have people give me fucking truth Yes, and it comes from their heart and I'm like, ow, but I'm like, thank you. Yes. But when it's from a place of, I know they're hurting and it's like just Mm -hmm. a little jab, I'm like, Mm -hmm. totally. I actually, I don't, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily have the words to be like super, or I haven't yet had the words for people mm-hmm. to be direct and be like, where's this coming from? Is this mm-hmm. really about me? But yeah, I don't, I don't stick around for that. Mm-hmm. It's like not. Yeah. That was my thing this summer. Mm, you know, yeah, 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 my yeah. situation. I think I told you guys about this summer when, just really hard times this summer and having someone that was close to me like judge me and how I acted 
in a really hard situation was like, whoa. Mm. I was like, yo. And that was that feeling of like, what? I'm trying to think of what I can relate that feeling to, but it's like, it is not safe. Mm. Yeah, of like that's when you thing. feel like you can just say whatever the fuck and someone is going to like bring it back to you or like bring it back up or yes. like, like I've always said, like, honestly, people could say whatever the fuck. My friends could say whatever the fuck. Truly. Yeah. Truly. I know their hearts. I know their souls. I know what they're about. And of course, if something didn't sit right with me, I would definitely have a moment with it and be like, doesn't that sit right? Oh, I know their hearts. You know what I mean? I just, I'm beyond that. And I, yeah, that was the summer having someone judge me mm. and then use it like against me mm. during a time when I was like really going through someone, mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And use it as something that was positioned as like, I'm just being honest. You know, I'm just being honest. That whole like, I'm just being honest thing. I want to be honest with you. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. that's ego. That's not. I was just going to say like the whole, and I've said this before, but like, I'm just being honest or to be honest. I want to be careful. Sean always like catches me when I say that. He's like, so like, you're not being honest any other time. <laughs> and I'm like, LOL. Okay. Okay. But like, it's true. Your words are powerful. Yeah. And it, like that has a charge to it when you say, I'm just being honest. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it feels different. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I know. I was thinking about it too. I was like, I've had really, not a lot. I probably have f f three, four. I had, I had one this year and then I've had, I've had probably four in my life. And there's one that I think about a lot, like a lot. Cause we were so close and mm -hmm. I loved her and I respected her and I loved her values. And it was something, it was just, I was changing so much. It was like literally like my split of like going to college and being in Ohio and being this person and then going to Chicago and being this person and then having like my awakening, like leaving mm -hmm. my job, like going through that sexual harassment case, finding Justin, going to Patagonia, all these things. It was like, I just completely was like mm. off the deep end, essentially. Yep. No one was like, everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, we thought you're just going to go work at jobs, live in Chicago, be friends with us, go to the bar, have kids in, you know what I mean? That yes. kind of thing. And I always like felt shame about that. I was like, mm. ah, fuck, I feel like a little guilty because I was like, because it wasn't normal, but it's like what my heart wanted. And there's no way that in my life, I always think about with like female friendships when they end. It's like, I think about my capacity to love now is so much greater. It's like insane. Mm. But like sometimes my capacity to love like that friend and then like also have Justin or also have whatever, like wasn't, wasn't even possible. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. wasn't even like in my realm of possibility on that like having a all of us have partners now mm -hmm. uh, as of 2020 um but yeah it's like how do you i feel that it is very hard for me mm -hmm. it's very hard for me i feel like you do a good job though but i think because i've been with justin for so long yeah and i really learned just i want to hear from you guys mm -hmm. but i really learned too i was in my i was with my twin flame when I was like in high school and college and we were fucking full fucking on, like full on. And I lost, like, I didn't talk to anybody. I yeah. was like, this is it. You know, I was in yeah. high school. I'm like, and then I was in college. I'm like, this is it. Don't talk to anyone. Don't need friends. And I remember when we broke up, I was like, whoa, 
That is, I literally put everything in that relationship. Mm. Everything. Yeah. When I got dumped, I was so fucking lonely, man. I was like, dude, I can't do that. I can't do that. Like that isn't it. And you know, my mom too, subconsciously, my whole life was always like, you know, you need to have your own bank account. You know, you need to have your own friends. You got it. Like always like planting the seed of leaving. Mm, mm-hmm, so she's mm-hmm, a leaver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she was always planting the seed of leaving. So that was something too that I eventually was like, maybe on the dark side, that's fucked up. But also she's kind of right. I don't think that's dark. I think that's actually yeah, very yeah, smart. I think that's yeah. practical. I think I would be grateful if my mother told me that because guess what? Yeah, we would have had a house in Malibu by now if I did that. But have you ever got in relationship? Have you guys lost yourselves like ever and like not? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I've lost myself every time. Honestly. Did you lose friends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's when I lost my best friend. When I was in the worst toxic relationship of my life, I lost my friends because I devoted myself to him. I, didn't, I lost myself. Willingly and wantingly, but I chose that. I chose to take care of him because I wanted him to do everything that he ever wanted to do. And I wanted to help him get there. But I wasn't loving myself through the madness. And then when it ended, I was like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Like, what's in your bank account? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's your resume? Your ex? Literally, that was my resume, my ex. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll never do that again for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I've lost myself too many times in relationships. I haven't. Really? I have a totally different... Yeah, I've literally... I mean, I don't know if... Yeah, it just... I, I've never had that experience. I also have only... Prior to my boyfriend, Justin, I've only had one other serious relationship. And uh, we had a lot of really great friends. And we still... You know, and him and I are still really close friends. So... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've actually never had that experience, but I, that also might be because I just never allowed myself to like be in like younger relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I literally only been in two serious relationships. That's and does it feel like on the safety thing? Like, does it feel safe to kind of lose yourself? And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that kind mm-hmm. of feeling. I don't know. I'm so independent. Yeah. Like, you yeah, got, yeah. like I literally, 100%. I spent my entire childhood by myself. <laughs> so like, I'm so okay with being alone that it, I'm like, I have to actually be very careful with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I like, if anything, Jean and Justin are the two people that I've been able to not have to just be on my own. You know, it's like, oh, this is cool. I can mm-hmm. like settle into this, but I am very much about like my autonomy, my independence. But I have to say this weekend, and I know I've mentioned it to both, to all of you guys, like this weekend was really important for me and my balancing with Justin because, you know, because of COVID, we haven't been traveling. We haven't been doing our thing. Like usually he's on tour and usually I just go on tons of international trips by myself mm-hmm. a year and we haven't been doing that. So I'm finding that like a lot of things that I would be talking to you guys about if we were in London or something, I'm like telling him and he's like, okay, I, I'm like- <laughs> What's an example? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like he's totally okay about me talking about my period, but let's be honest, he's not interested. hundred. <laughs> totally. You know? I'm like it's a deep red. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Literally. I'm like, babe, it's so heavy this month. And he's like, okay. You know? And like, but like, we've got to talk about stuff like that. So while I, like you guys know, I have a, I have friendships with 
Justin. So I'm totally like, I have my own life, but mm-hmm. I definitely have not had like the, the full breadth of independence that I typically experience with him. And, um, and this weekend has been like, oh good. I need to like balance out my feminine with my girls. Cause I mm-hmm. haven't really gotten that this year as much as I needed to. It's so important. Yeah. Like you, I'm very much, my default is to be by myself, which I love, but even with Sean, like he's like, I'll kind of speak in like eyes. I, I'm going to do this. And he's like, like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> there's a we, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, I definitely know that I'll like retain that independence, but there is something really nice. At least I feel it in like my nervous system when I'm just able to be like, okay, so I don't have to like be by myself mm-hmm. and do things by myself. And I can, I think sometimes if I share with friends or even if I share with him, it feels like a lot where I'm mm. just like, it's fine. Like I got it. You don't need to like carry any of it. So that's been kind of my practice of like being able to give to friends some of what I'm just feeling like overwhelmed by mm-hmm. totally, and knowing that they can like hold it mm-hmm. and carry it yeah, and like totally. mm-hmm. be there. But yeah, I've definitely lost myself in many a relationship. And I think... I don't know. I kind of trace it back to just not seeing or or seeing like my parents' relationship and just kind of seeing my mom kind of lose herself feels, I feel bad saying that, but yeah, lose herself. I think she's like kind of slowly started to find herself again over the years, but lose herself in a relationship, in having kids, in just like being what everyone needed. Mm-hmm. And I'm very... I'm prone to do that, but I'm also like very aware of when I'm doing that. So it's like, I almost can't stop myself sometimes because mm. it's like literally in my DNA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my therapist the other day and she's like, something happened in the third trimester of like your mom's pregnancy with you. And that can, because third trimester to seven years old is like a very it's when you developmental get your time. Subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to know, but <laughs> but it made sense. Like it's literally like you're freak, you're being formed, yeah, you know, yeah. and like whatever she's going through, I can imagine that. Yeah. Like I definitely took on some of that, but yeah, definitely, I relate to all of that on mm-hmm. like a million. And I think being the oldest too, and yeah. I was the oldest too, and being with my mother, I remember my sister be like, "You're just like mom." I'd be like, fuck, I am. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of amazing ways, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that I didn't want to be like 100%. her. Yeah. You know? 100%. So crazy. And then I was like, damn, my mom did lose herself. And you know what? My grandma did too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And guess what? My other grandma did too mm-hmm. with men. So it is a lineage thing. And I think yeah. it's a DNA thing. One million percent. My acupuncturist, literally when she read my pulse was like, did your mom have a traumatic birth? Wow. You, you, she, she was like, you carry that. a lot of stress and worry, but it's not yours. Yes, yes, yes. She wow. was like, it's not yours. It's yeah, from it's not yours. your mother. And I said, yeah, my mom was 17 having a kid from a black man and my grandpa did not approve. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much trauma Ooh, and wow. stress and worry my mom was under? Wow. Yeah, and I got all of that. So what you just said is so, I relate, like mm-hmm. on a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So deep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Should we do some questions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The questions questions. are good from our amazing audience. So from the crew, I love this one. Okay. What are your thoughts on maintaining friendships that are long-term 
like since your childhood or teen years, when you don't always feel like you're as aligned anymore. Mm. I love this one so I, much. That's a really good because question. <laughs> I have, I just love this one because I think there's two parts where it's like my best friend from growing up, Caitlin, it's like we are so different, but like the same in what areas matter to us both. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. like values, humor, like her heart, like her energy is like, it's like such an energetics. And I've seen her do crazy things in her life. She's seen me do crazy things in her life. And it's always, we've always been able to be really honest and upfront with one another, like being very, very true and truthful. Mm. And it's almost like that sister relationship Mm. where we've been, she's like probably the only friend I've ever had fights with. Like we've had, me and Lindsay have had discussions. Yeah. But we've never had like a fight. I'm ready. I know. It's it's coming. <laughs> no, but it's like because but because we've known each other since we were little. Yeah. It's almost totally. like we haven't established that like adult totally. friendship. Totally. Like totally. Like, totally. Like, totally. Yeah, no, we're not like that, but we're like, fine, no, if you're gonna be quiet all day, then you know, like totally. that kind of thing. And it's really just like been a practice of truly mm. like non-judgment and loving yes. someone for who they are. It's yes. like I deeply love you for who you are. And I'm just so grateful for like you in my life. But then on the other side, it's like, if someone's not aligned with me and it's, they're not aligned in the ways that are important to me, which is being like non-judgmental, always leading with love, always leading with kindness mm-hmm. and like living their life to like the best that they can, then that's not a friend anyway. But it's always for me, just like a practice of letting go and non-judgment with those people. You know, it's like, who am I to say that we're not aligned in how they live their lives because of what I may be judging them on. You and know it's also I mean? like loving, loving that part of them is like loving that part of yourself that yeah. you still like really totally. be that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I completely agree. I think it is just kind of. You have that too, but it's, it's not female, but. Yeah. I, I have, I have female and male that it just, yeah, we've just kind of like grown and evolved elsewhere, but like, we can still just have that like heart connection and laugh and and I never feed into the differences too much. Yes. They might, mm. but I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> you know, I just because if I do, then I'll get sad and I'll be like, we can't be friends anymore. Y'all. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to like love them for where yes. they're at. I'll yeah. always I'll always hold, you know, up a mirror if need be, but I don't know. It just feels so much better to just be like, I love you and you're growing yeah. too. I'm growing like, I don't know. I found that when it gets to a point where I can't be the adult woman that I've become with Ooh. the people that I grew up with, Ooh. then that's when it probably needs to end. Yeah. Because I had one of one of my best friends in my childhood, I had to end the relationship two years ago and it was really not ideal. And I really realized there was like a culmination of events actually during her bachelorette Mm. where I was the maid of honor. Oh, you're just talking about that. Wow. And um, I really realized like, wow, this person, this group does not respect me. Wow. Like at all. Mm. And whenever I tried to assert just being who I am, like the well, the fact that I would even need to assert 
being who I am. It was a problem. So I really realized like when, when there's not respect of just being who we are, like I remember there was something as small as like, I, I'm really picky about where we go out to eat, which like we laughed about and we're like, Oh, where should we eat? You know? But I really love going to great restaurants yeah. and eating really great food. And I remember that being like a point of contention for everybody else. Everybody was like, what is such a stuck up bitch from New York? You know wow. And I'm like? I just- Oh, that's a classic. Really, stuck yeah, up. totally. Classic. I just really like am passionate yes. about this thing. And it's actually like a part of my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you're less than me. I just really want to eat great food. <laughs> Literally. You know, yes. and I remember it, that being like such a small thing, but so representative of so many other things. And that that one thing ended up bubbling up into other issues that that bachelorette weekend, that faithful weekend. Mm. And I just realized like, A, this group does not respect me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and respect is primary in my life. Mm -hmm. And B, oh my gosh, the things that I genuinely care about are coming Mm -hmm. off as I think I'm too good Mm -hmm. and they're not anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. And I find that that can happen, especially like if you leave your town or you leave your, you know, small city and you go out into the world, a lot of times the friends that didn't go with you will have a hard time with the leaps that you've made. And if you can't have respect and appreciation, then for me, I don't think those relationships can last. And it's weird because you probably didn't, going back and being with them and spending time with them, like, in my experience, it's like, okay, let's pick up where we left off. But they have these kind of stories yes. and, and and feelings around how far you've gone and come that I had an experience recently where I like saw a bunch of friends who I love so dearly, but I had realized like, whoa, like I have accomplished a lot. And like, oh. they, they, yes, they were proud of me, but like kind of felt a certain way. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I thought we were just going to pick up on like, hey, totally. pass me a shot of Jameson. Yeah. Like, we're totally. just going to hang. Like, you know totally. what I mean? Because that's you, Linz. To- yeah. To- it, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> or that thing where it's like, you actually did do something extraordinary and nobody asks you about oh, it. Oh, big facts. Nobody acknowledges it. And Ooh. it's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like, I literally just got back from China, hosted a show and won an award for it. And literally nobody asked me how China was. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude. Dude, I've been there. I've been there. Like, that's like wait. life. Honestly, wow. that's literally I just going. Sit there that's and, going home. Yeah, me, me, Matt. They don't know what questions to ask. And, yeah. Then, yeah. and then you go back from China, and then I'm like, so, um, how's your job at Chase Bank? You know, it's like literally, I'm talking about like fucking their job at like whatever. And at least you're asking a hundred percent, but they don't ask you back a hundred percent. But the too good thing is like classic. Yeah, too good is classic. Yeah, that's like. That's like just par for the course. But yeah, I haven't, I mean, I could not be friends with a lot of people from my high school just because it's like, yeah. Well, that idea, I remember you saying just really quick. I remember you on your Instagram, somebody said to you on Facebook, you've changed, Krista. Oh, yeah. There's this kid I used to play video games with. He's like, mm. you used to be the girl that we played. Video- I only got hung anymore. out with boys. Everyone says that. They're like, I was a nerd and only hung out with boys. No, no. I was a nerd and only hung out with boys. And he's like, yeah, you're so cool. You played Sega with us. What happened to you? Now you're like a blow up Barbie doll with no personality. <laughs> <laughs> he said, now you're a bar- blow up Barbie doll with no personality. What? Dude, Who is this guy? Classic. It was a good one. <laughs> it was a good one. That guy's still playing Sega. Still playing Sega. That guy's so still I was playing like, Sega. wow, like I'm so sorry that I didn't like keep you up to date with 
my personality via Facebook, brother. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was just like, dude, I've changed so much. Last like, time I posted on Facebook God. was 2010. Thank God I've changed. Also, I was in fourth grade, brother. What do you want me to do? Play video games still? I love it. I literally, I have brother. a job. I actually fourth have a job, grade. dude. He's like, the whole thing. He's like, man, just, he's like, oh, he said, he's like, it's cool. I'm not judging you, but I have muscles and I own a restaurant now. I'm like, it was what? fucking oh, Okay, so so we're dealing with a special he, he breed. Actually, I, I messaged one of my girlfriends who we grew up together and she's like, yeah, I mean, he actually has like fucking issues, but. Let's do one more. One more. How can you call more like heart, like light, like hearted, spiritually minded female friends mm. into your life? So how can you call more spiritual friends into your life? who are connected to you on your spiritual journey. How can you call in more like-minded? Pray. Spiritual. Pray for them. Yeah, I think that's a good mm. one. Honestly, good pray one. for those friends and ask God to bring them into your life and really be in integrity about how you show up mm. and who you allow in. And then spirit, God, universe is going to bring in really amazing people. Yeah. That's how I that's feel like truth. I attracted you guys. Mm-hmm. Really actually, it was like, God, I really want really wonderful, powerful, amazing, beautiful spiritual friends. And yeah. They'll come. Yeah. That's true. I think going to spaces too that like mm-hmm. really empower you and inspire you because those like-minded women will be in those spaces. Mm-hmm. So finding, you know, powerful events or like sound baths or meditations totally. or things that are aligning with you or they're going to align with the girls that you want in your life. Mm-hmm. So yes. surrounding yourself in those spaces will naturally bring them yes. to that's how I met Lindsay and Chris mm-hmm. yes and then we got naked owning those parts of you that like are more spiritual and yes. curious even if it's just in private like really owning that you totally. know owning and I think energetically that yes. just kind of like says so much if yes. I see someone like owning a practice or what they believe in I'm so attracted mm. to them as a person totally. you know whether I believe in what they believe or not it's like Oh, wow. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. So I just think like the confidence around that too is something that attracts. And I think it's intuition too, you know, Mm -hmm. which hopefully they're connected to, but you can feel intuitively if someone, if a friendship is like, ah, yeah. Like I had a friend this year that every time I hung out, I was like, I just know I was witness. You know, you have to always bear witness to yourself. That is like just something we need to do every day, whether it's at the middle of the day, during or after, just bearing witness to yourself. And I was like, why am I really quiet around them? I don't talk about what I'm doing. I'm kind of just listening to them, talking about their thing, which is totally fine. But I really noticed myself getting small and I felt this like thing. I was like, "Mm, I just don't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. I just was like, you know what? Like, it's something that's telling me that this friendship was off. And then, you know, there was something that happened this year that really proved to me that that's what was happening. Mm. But anytime I've had an intuitive hit about something with a friend, I'm like, I think this is off. And then also the other way, when I have an intuitive hit of like, oh my God, like this is like, this feels right. Like it's almost like I feel euphoric sometimes. Yeah, yeah. totally. It literally feels like heaven on earth sometimes. It's like it's being in love. It yeah. is. It is. So yes. Soul connection. Yeah, really it's is. that soul connection. And you're not scared when you leave them. You know, you feel empowered. You feel yes. happy. You feel it's easy. just- It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just always. So it's following your intuition both ways with mm. everything. Mm. And then always trying to be right with yourself. Like the more right you are with yourself, the more right you are with others. So once you really look at your own stuff, it's so helpful. I mean, 100%. Lindsay, me and Lindsay have done so much work on that. Yeah, Looking at my ability to trust women, mm-hmm. looking at my ability to like 
be vulnerable with women, mm-hmm. you know, like in a, in a dr- deep heart way. Like I'm, yeah. everyone would think I'm vulnerable, but it's really like me sharing stuff, but there's a difference between sharing and being vulnerable. Yes. Mm. You know, so also doing that work with women or with yourself or with the mother wound is also really powerful to cultivating powerful, committed female friendships. Mm-hmm. I agree. Amen. Amen. This is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah, me Truly. too. Thank you, ladies. Any any last thoughts from the heart from either of you? I love you guys. <laughs> love you. I think I do. one of the things that I would love to share that this this container has really helped fortify in my adulthood is the value of getting away with mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. and like actually like it's one thing to go to dinner and that's really that's really fortifying but to actually like leave your home and go away yeah and do like these little vacations I used to think it was such a luxury because like that in my mind was like something that I couldn't afford or something mm-hmm. but you know now that we're doing this I realize like oh this is actually what gives me inspiration this is what actually makes me feel more clear on who I am makes me go home and like have more lightness with my my partner like there's mm. just there's so many things that this kind of container does mm-hmm. that oh, just one night at dinner doesn't really mm-hmm. quite get to yet and so i just i really really recommend for the ladies that are listening like if even if you're just getting to know people because i feel like Letitia and i kind of got to know each other through this container of mm-hmm. this like foursome mm-hmm. and you know i don't even like get to see you as much yeah. but like we get to have these really deep touch bases and that could be a really great way for women to get to know each other. So I just can't recommend enough. I know, I know that COVID makes things a little bit more challenging right now, but if you can get away in a safe way that, you know, is sustainable for you, I really, really recommend doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think like having enough time, cause to your point, like a two hour dinner, it's like you kind of like work up to the dinner and then you're there and then you kind of decompress, you come mm-hmm. home. But like mm. when you're spending like a few days together, you kind of see you, you're mm-hmm. able to be with each other when you're tired, when you're like giddy, when you're like, you know, just mm-hmm. when you all, wake up. Yeah. It's just like, like that. yeah, it's kind of beautiful because when you get food poisoning after dinner, yeah. <laughs> that was me. Because there's like a, there can be a me. performative yes. thing to a dinner date or a, sure. oh, we don't yeah. mean to, but it's just For like, sure. okay, I'm going to put on this outfit. Yes. I'm going to go see my friends and I'm going to come home. And you're like, and what's get my going jammies. on? And then you're like telling about, it's like your yes. work, like yeah. whatever. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Really powerful. And I think just like friendships take work. Yes. You know, yes. I think I'm learning that. I'm always learning that. I, I think I can take for granted my friendships and just like Same. pouring into mm. them is so important. And it's like doing the work yourself is equally as important for you as it is for your friendships, for your relationship with your family, with your romantic partner. Like it, it's a gift to them too. And I, I love our friendship because like we can reflect back to each other. Like the work you did this year is- mm. yes palpable yeah. and I see it and I'm I'm feeling a difference I'm feeling mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's it does take work though you know it's not just it's not going to be like it will be easy but it, it will also take work to yes. maintain mm-hmm. and just pour in and evolve together totally mm-hmm. you know what I love the most about us and you guys it's like we I, I might not see you guys or talk to you for a month or two months or three weeks but it's like 
I still feel you in your energy. When we come together, it's like I just saw you in January. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't wait to catch up and hear you and feel you and see what's going on and like hear about the boyfriends and the wedding and mm-hmm. everything. You know what I mean? You, There's no like neediness. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know yeah, those yeah. 100%. Ugh. Yes. yes. This is like, like you said, Millie, easy. And yeah. you guys, we honor each other One and like we see each yeah. other and we support each other. And it's like, okay, we're doing this. All right, yep. cool. Let's roll. Totally. Yes. Yeah, because I love the most. That whole work on doing yourself is like being so confident in yourself, you can be happy for others. Yes. yes. Like literally, like I am, I am so happy that I'm genuinely fucking happy for mm, people. Yeah. yeah. It mm. is like, yo, that, I don't, I didn't feel that all my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was not like I would ever wish ill, but I would, and I would be happy for people, but it's not this. Where it's like my happiness is almost more than for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's and it's also too with us not like we talk, we all talk all yeah. the time, but it's like, yeah, that neediness is like if you don't need anything yourself and you're not looking for validation outside, then you're always good, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. always just appreciate your friends for whenever they can be there with you. Yeah, yeah. but I do agree with you. It is like work. It is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like totally. work to just like love and 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 be with someone, but. I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing people really pour into their female friendships because I think there's been a lot of marketing online with like female empowerment and all that kind of stuff. And this year has actually been really transformational for a lot of people, but it's actually been, Mm. it's been really interesting to see the ways in which that we actually don't really know how to support women. We Mm. don't really know how to like love women. And we don't really, as women, I think really, know from growing up like what it means to really be a friend. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot of like broken hearts around females, you know, yes. whether it's yes. mother or yes. high school, middle school, sister, you know, it's just like, and I think we can all agree that we just, we want that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah. That love, that a lot connection. of mistrust. Yeah, yes. for sure. But, and also guys, it's a lot of like the media, like look yeah. what's on TV nowadays. It's like, no offense to reality TV, but it's always making us look like we're crazy and we're yes. catty and we hate each other and we fight. So Bro, that's not true. how we are. So true. You know, yeah. that's not how that's real so true. friendships. Yeah. If you watch like real, reality like show. watching Real Housewives. Yeah, Bachelor. They asked me to be in Real Housewives. No way. And, Wags. and I was like, never in my life. Yeah. And I said, never in a million years. And wags, I could see that. They That is so true. They create women in such a horrible light. Yeah. It's yeah. so disrespectful. Like these women yeah. are just catty and nasty and not supportive. I, the media really portrays us like we're that and that's not what real that's friendships so are mm-hmm. with women, you know? I don't mm-hmm. I don't believe that. But it's media. It's the patriarchal system mm-hmm. where we're always competing against each other. 100%. Who are this better? And it's always like two women. And I'm like, "Bro, they're both fucking bad. Like, yep. what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, stop making yeah. us go against each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's sad. Totally. Could not agree more. <sighs> Love you guys. Love, Love you. you. Where can they connect oh, with you? No. Well, <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I know everyone. <laughs> That's out there listening right now. But if I don't know you, <laughs> then we should get to know each other. Um, because um, I am doing um, a few different programs, energy healing and breath work and um, 
helping practitioners to really like actually live their vision. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in any of that, just go to um, Lana Snow on Instagram and Wellness Official and everything's there. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met a lot of you and I can't wait to meet a lot of you. You guys can connect with me at Leticia.roll on Instagram. And then my podcast called Girl, We Got This, girlwegotthis.co on the gram. I just want you guys to all honor yourselves and to have the power to share your story. And that's what I do on my podcast is to really allow us to let the guilt and the shame of what we've been through be able to reframe that into actual lessons, into growth, into actually this made me the woman I am today and I'm badass. So we got this and bro, we got this. We got this. Bro, we got this. Bro, we got this. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. We will see you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Amazing. Thank you, ladies, so much. Again, that's Milana Snow and Letitia Roll. And you can listen to their individual episodes with us by searching their names and almost 30. And thanks so much to Hotel Pasea for hosting us for this stay, Girls Weekend, and this interview. Uh, And thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. We've had some just incredible sponsors this year, and we're so grateful. And these are brands that we love and use ourselves. So we wanted to share them with you, give you discounts. This episode, we are supported by Elate Beauty, Birch Benders, GoDaddy, and BetterHelp. You can find all of the discount codes and links in our show notes, as well as on almost30.com and in our Sunday stories where we just post the discounts to remind you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, both Deer Valley and Hotel Passe are just really great with their safety protocol mm-hmm. and making sure that everyone is safe and clean and in masks and everything like that. So if you guys are interested in going to both of those places, you can go to their website to find information about how they're handling everything with COVID and how they're promising to stay safe. Yeah. Happy New Year, y'all. Thank you so much for your support and love throughout the year. We appreciate you and cannot wait for the future. Yeah. We love you guys so much. And if you're listening, we know you've done a lot of personal growth this year. We know you've changed this year. We know that you are just truly, you know, stepping into your awakening and your power. And we're so proud of you for just really being such a beacon of light in your community. Yeah. And I mean that. I'm not like trying to be corn. Corn. No. I felt that. I was like, thank you. Yes. (laughs) It's true, guys. I'm tearing up. Yes. (laughs) Um, All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next one. See you soon. Bye. Thank you.